Do you have the new Skype yet, Jim? No. I don't know why no. it hasn't come up. I'm sorry. How do you get it? Did they just did it load up on its own? Yeah. Hmm. The Skype representative shows up at your door. They install it on your computer. It's it's a whole process. Yeah, like a zip drive. I'm in the 50 club, so maybe they don't give it to me. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to the young spry folks that get all the attention on YouTube. That's what it is. You're old news, Jimmy. You're old news. I almost did a spit take just now. <laughs> uh, well, Jimmy. Yes, sir. You, you just got back from... I was in New Orleans, Somewhere? yeah. I'm still New getting Orleans. invites to go and do stuff. I was in New Orleans for about four hours. I, I promised Cameron I would come out to the Make Affair months ago, and then when it got down to this month, it got obviously super busy. I have so many trips coming up still, and we've all taken so many. And so I said, I can do it if it's just a one-day thing. So I flew in the night before, edited my video at the hotel all night, went for a walk on Bourbon Street for literally 10 minutes, Went back to the hotel, went to sleep, got up, went to the Make Affair, did it. Me and Cameron and, and a friend went and had a bite, got to the airport. That was it. That was back here at midnight. So, Dang. yeah, it was fun. It was a really good productive trip, even though it was obviously very short. And my talk there went well. It was kind of more of a Q&A thing. A bunch of cool folks showed up and it was fun. I got some history. The guy that spoke before me was part of the uh, the... Oh, I can't remember the, the name of the New Orleans Indians, but they do a thing. What is that? Mardi Gras Indians. Oh. Mardi Gras Indians. Yeah. And he talked about how they make these big feather costumes and stuff. So it was a great education for me. And I've been to New Orleans a few times, so I didn't really need to spend much time there. And like I said, I'm still getting invites. Hey, if you're going to be around tonight, I'm going to be here. I'm like, I'm like mm -hmm. I left already. <laughs> Even though Friday <laughs> night I was getting text messages and DMs. Hey, I made dinner for you. Come over. Like, I am gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great. And New Orleans is awesome. And the Make Affair was cool. And I met a couple of new folks involved in the, the New Orleans Make Affair. It's great to meet new people. And now I'm back. And it's another whirlwind week. I have you guys. I, I almost was late because we just had a scissor lift dropped off to do the lighting and the ceiling. We don't have electric to the building yet. I'm still waiting on a potential deal. That's, someone's going to sponsor my wiring. And in the meantime, I want to keep things moving. I ordered windows, so the windows will come tomorrow. Sweet. 20 windows, and we're deciding on what siding to use. I'm waiting on some quotes for siding. And I had a couple of trade-out deals that fell through. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. I just keep moving forward. And when people say what's taking so long, and that's what's taking so long, I'm waiting on some deals. But at the end of the day, I'm just moving forward. When it seems shaky, I just go forward. When it comes to this, you guys know how long some of these deals can take to formulate. And I was a little late on the draw. I didn't really have very many contacts and April helped me out with some. And But it takes people forever to decide, think, maybe, I'm not sure, maybe. And I just got to keep moving forward. So my buddy's helping me do the lights and the windows. Dave's going to do the windows. Dave, the Mexican carpenter. And... That's it. So things are moving along slowly. So the scissor lift just got dropped off and he dropped it off in front of about 10 yards of a straightaway, which goes to the gravel road. And that 10, 10 yard straightaway is just all mud. He goes, you don't plan on driving this across that, do you? It's like, nope. I'm going to get like 10 sheets of plywood and lay out a roadbed and drive that across right after mm. we get off. So hopefully mm. I make it. 
Hopefully they don't <laughs> sink into the quicksand. The thing's got about a one-inch clearance <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> so it's gonna Ideally, be when do you want to start making stuff in there? Oh, as soon as possible. I was in there this morning setting up some some rigging and stuff for uh, getting prep, prep for the ceiling installation for the lighting. And it was fun. It's really nice working in there. It's nice. I, I like having the doors open and the wind blowing through. Well, there are no doors, so I have no choice. So, of course, <laughs> I like the doors being open. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to me that this week, it's funny when it's sad when people are a little bit sloppy on their their web web stuff. I call. I was in a store where I was going to potentially rent this. This it's Agway and Cobleskill. I don't know if anybody knows Agway and Cobleskill. And I was in the store and I was like, "Oh, you guys do rentals?" They're like, "Yeah, we do rentals, but the rentals closed today. It was a Sunday." So she's like, "Yeah, call the owner tomorrow." She gave me his business card. <clears throat> the next day, which was a Monday, I called says this number doesn't operate anymore. And I emailed them. I'm like, hey, it says your number doesn't work. Then the email bounced back. says this this email doesn't work anymore. So I went to the, this is all over the course of like a day. Then I went to the website and I clicked on the call them now through the iPhone website app, you know, and the phone number is disconnected. This is a huge store. I was in 20 hours before. I can't imagine they went out of business. (laughs) And the same thing happened. I called an insulation company. No one's answering the phone. It says this number's disconnected. And this is all through Google search. So, And then it happened to another company. So three companies this week have sloppy connections to the world. Mm. It's frustrating. Oh. I felt like maybe this isn't my week to try and do all this stuff. So, <laughs> Take a week off. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's my week. And then uh, I'm working on this cabinet, this crazy cabinet, which has to be delivered in the next couple of days to California. So it's going to be this big steel heavy metal cabinet, which carries my friend's knife collection. I'm working with uh, Adam Perry Lang. He's a celebrity chef opening a restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard, and I know him through through Dickel and Bullet. You know him? That's funny. Well, no, but I was um, moving the website over to Squarespace because we're moving the website for this podcast over, and I was listening back through one of the first episodes, and it was the episode where you talked about meeting him and you made him like a spice rack. That's thing. right. Yeah. yeah. I had met him prior so to funny. that. but It was like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. I made him that that walnut spice box that he carries occasionally when he does on the road stuff. And so now his focus for the last year has been this restaurant and it's right on Hollywood Boulevard, right across from the Jimmy Kimmel theater. And I'm going to make this big, he, he, in the year he's learned how to make knives. So he's been making his knives and he's, the restaurant will carry his knives. It's going to be all ones he made. Uh, he, he has a design, which is the same design over and over. He's not like custom each time, but he's got sort of a, a manufacturing process to make the same knife. Anyway, so I made this big cabinet and uh, it's funny, we talked about possibly doing a conversation about how materials dictate the design. And a lot of people wrote to me privately, like, why are you using such heavy metal? Like, why like, why does it need to be such, because I'm using three-eighth-inch steel borders and cabinet. It's going to be like a big medicine chest, basically the size of a door. And the reason being is the piece of glass that's in it is a quarter-inch thick, and it weighs about 80 pounds. And anything less than that material would flex under the stress of the weight of the glass. So I got to up the game for everything else that supports the glass when the door swings open. So then that's why everything got so heavy. So crazy. So I'm working on that. So right after we're done, I got to run over and do that. My buddy Patrick's going to be working on the lighting today. So I'm going to be going back and forth and helping him with what he needs. And yeah, so it's going to be another busy week. And then I go to Indiana on Wednesday. I'm going to meet ZH Fabrications in Indiana. Maybe we'll have a hangout over there. Uh, we're going to, we'll go into a company that manufactures hydraulic presses, 
we might, I know Zach is, and I might end up working with them, sponsoring them on one of their project uh, products that does blacksmithing hydraulic. So you, instead of the power hammer, you put like a chunk of hot red metal in there and it just like squishes it like a piece of candy. <laughs> if you guys watch Liam Hoffman, that's how he does most of his blacksmithing. Nice. It's a hydraulic press. So I'm going to get a lesson in hydraulic press blacksmithing. The blacksmiths are going to hate me because I'm nobody when it comes to blacksmithing and getting all this exposure. So I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Tony Rouleau said to me the other day in an email, because I, I did something on Instagram, he wrote to me, he goes, boy, if blacksmiths had email, you would be getting blown up right now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh boy, it was really funny. So that's my weekend. I have a couple of other things to do, and I don't know. Trips and work and trips and work. It's going to slow down yeah. in the middle of the summer. So when are you going to England? On the third, to the oh, right before the third to the tenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I just, I just want to go. I mean, like, come here, come there, come here, come visit me. Come. Oh, you're going to be in Europe. Come hang out with me in Switzerland. I'm like, I got things to do. It's not like. <laughs> so I just focus it. Like, boom. When I can bounce around, when Taylor can come with me, and we can bounce around together, that's when we'll go and do yeah. some visiting in Europe. Well, we haven't talked about this, but we're gonna have to figure out the show because I'm going next week, and then you're going to be gone the week after. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have internet in England? No, no. Yeah. The internet they didn't stops get there, right? like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It does. I think That's it picks up again in China or something. The so. transatlantic cable broke. Yeah. Somebody yeah. hooked yeah. it with a <laughs> dragnet. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. There may not be shows for a couple weeks. How how often? I mean, how how many days before the show are you going? Like, when do you leave? We're leaving um, a week from today, actually. Uh, next Monday. No. Is that right? No, next Sunday. Next Sunday. What is that, like and the 29th or something? The 20th? Yeah, some, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I are going, and we're just going to like hang out in London. And that's like we got a place for like a home base, and then we're just going to every day go to a different spot. And then the day before the uh, Maker Central event, we'll go to Birmingham and then be there for the weekend and then leave from there. So mm-hmm. Cool. That's, that's the plan. And then yep. come home and go to San Francisco. Yeah, uh, come home. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Speaking of San Francisco, <laughs> speaking of San Francisco, uh, Maker Fair, Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, are you yep. going to go? Yep, I agreed to come. Jocko's coming. Jocko twisted my arm, so I'm coming for you guys and Jocko. So yeah, I was going to say, we won. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys are my priority. You're my family. <laughs> but I was when when I knew you two were going, I'm like, I should go. I should go. I should go. I, the only hang-up is I've got so much traveling, and it's really putting a strain on me and Taylor because I've been away so often, and and just a strain on the house, and you know the house needs fixing and it needs things, and the shop, and the shop is a mess, and also my channel. I, I just I haven't been posting as often as I wanted with the quality stuff I want to do, so I'm gonna kick it up a notch when I get back from the San Francisco Maker Fair. I feel that all that travel does definitely affect. The business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I said to tell the other day, I said, you know, after this round of trips, I'm not going away again unless it's meaningful and it's really important. But like yeah. this, I feel like this has been, this year has been more of like kind of a goodwill tour, which is cool. And I, I love meeting people and I really do love traveling. I just wish I could travel and do everything else at the same time, but it's impossible. 
Yeah. I'm with you. I, I'm, I feel like next year is going to have to, the travel is going to have to maybe cut in half of what this year is because it's just too much. And this year for me at least is multiple week long trips. So it's yeah. like a weekend trip is one thing, but like an entire week, man, that just, it sets you back more than a week. It's weird. Oh yeah. Of course. So strange, but yeah. So I'm with you. Next year is going to be a lot less. And I already left out some things this year. Didn't go to VidCon. Uh, there was another video conference thing that I was interested in going to, but I'm not going to do that. Not going to go to New York Maker Fair. Just leaving things out because I've been gone too much. Mm. Yep. But we'll all be at Maker Fair in Bay Area. And from what I understand, I don't know if this is really out there yet or not. I think it is. But they're creating a, I think they're calling a Make Create stage. And it's a content creator focused stage. And whereas in the years past, you know, like when we've the three of us have done talks or other people, it's just kind of mixed in with everything else. So it's kind of hard to figure out who's on what stage and where and where the stages are. And when you get done, there's no time or place to hang out with people who were at the talk. And anyway, so they're creating a separate stage for that this year with some hangout space around it, I think. So I, I assume that's where we'll be. And then, uh, you know, we can plan meetups and stuff at Maker Fair around that space. So that'll be cool. I heard Shaper's having a thing on the 17th, and I'm going to try and make it to that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know about that. <laughs> Hadn't heard about it yet. We're going to go out a day early and uh, just kind of piddle around San Francisco. And oh, so am I. Yeah. So... But that's that's our plan. And then we're leaving like Sunday to, to head back, so I don't lose too much time. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Don't move. And, don't move. Hold on. Don't move. Don't I move. Send, not, yeah. Not moving. You, I gotta send you a funny picture. Hold oh on. boy. I'm gonna, uh -oh. This will be this will be the uh, <laughs> don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Not, okay. Don't move. This will be the cover of our podcast. Can you guys see that? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Bob's growing out of my head. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Uh, okay. So Jimmy on. just took a photo uh, of of his Skype call, which Bob is stacked on top of me, and yeah, I'm growing out of the top of David's head. Yeah, so. well, you know nothing's grown out of there for a long time, so <laughs> it's nice to have something up there. Uh, well, David, what have you been up to? What have you been working on? Well, uh, we just got back from an Indiana trip. We went to the Richmond, Indiana area, and there's uh, there's a couple trails. They call it the Antique Alley Trail, and it's super cool. Uh, Kelly goes there every year for this basket-making convention, and then while she's doing that, I go antique shopping. And um, there's a couple little towns, uh, Cambridge City, Centerville, and Richmond, Indiana, and there's probably 100 antique stores. And some really cool places, picked up a couple things. Um, I took video of the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to, I'll shot with my phone and I'm going to see if, uh, I'm going to try to make a movie out of it. If it, if it, ha if it feels good, I'll release it. If it doesn't, I won't. But um, I got a, picked up like this 50s Herman Miller chair, which I think is an Eames design. Looks really cool. Got a bunch of books, of course, because I can't help myself. <laughs> and um, and then I got some, so uh, I got some tin cans and some parts to make like a little robot. I saw there's a, if you look on Pinterest, 
and you search for um, reclaimed robot or tin can robot, you're going to see the, all these super cool looking handmade toys. Like, so you take like an old oil can and that's like the base of the robot and then you find various parts and you make arms and heads and so i got some parts to make a to make a robot and it looks really cool um so hopefully yeah. i can make also make something that's cool and um so that was fun we just got back from that and then this week we're working on uh an, a lounge which is going to be right behind me here in my office it's going to have storage i haven't decided i'm going to design it later today but i haven't designed um, figured out if I'm going to have drawers or if the top is going to lift open for the storage. But there's going to be some upholstery and it's just going to be like a little place to um, maybe lay down or I'll probably mostly use it to like sit down and play guitar on it. Nice. Yeah. That's, That's cool. That's the video done with uh, arrow staplers. Fasten arrow fasteners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it'd be some fun upholstery in there. Sweet. Well, um, what did I do this past week? Oh, yeah. So um, neither one of you probably care. But uh, the new Avengers movie is coming out this week. Oh, and this week? Yeah, I know. Aren't you excited, Jimmy? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be traveling through this next one. Yeah. Everything well, is all happening at once, Jimmy. Don't worry. <laughs> you can watch it forever. Anyway, there's a movie coming out, and part of the story of this movie that I know you don't care about is called The Infinity Gauntlet, and one of the characters has this big... <gasps> I know, Infinity right? Gauntlet? Yeah! <laughs> Jerk. It's this big glove, <laughs> and it's part of the movie. So anybody that knows about the movie is excited about it and knows about this thing in it, right? So <clears throat> we were um, making some salad tongs this past week. I was like, oh, it'd be fun to make salad... Well, Jenny asked me to make some salad tongs. That'll be fun. So um, we're like making these things. And, you know, the two little grabber parts kind of look like hands. And I was like, oh, it'd be funny to make these salad tongs out of a recognizable hand, you know, so that it has these two little hands that you see. And Josh and I both looked at each other at the same time. We we're like, Infinity Gauntlet. It's got to be Infinity Gauntlet salad tongs. That only makes sense. So that's what we did. <laughs> so, the video is going to get like five million hits. <laughs> probably, well, maybe. I don't know. But it's it funny will. because, like, I already had an idea, and I wanted to make some normal ones that, you know, people could actually use. Like, nobody's going to actually make these. Um, and so I went off and started making a simple pair of these salad tongs with, like, an aluminum bendy part on the back so that it has some flex, some spring to it, and then some basswood grabbers. And then Josh was, like, doing vector design and vectorizing the gauntlet and cutting it into pieces on the laser so it's this kind of three-dimensional stacked-up hand that looks it's recognizable and um so the video is me making the normal ones and then him doing the design and the cutting for the uh the other one and then us both assembling one side at the same time you know like each one half of these things and putting them together so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because we have never done a video like that where it's kind of too many projects that are related and some of it's me and some of it's him and so I'm excited about it, though, because it's something different, something new, and kind of silly. So, you know. Anyway, so that's coming out this week. Is Salad Dogs. Is Avengers the... Um, does that have Iron Man in it? Yep. Yep. Okay. So, uh, we started watching the first one, I believe the first one, and then it's on Netflix the other night. And um, 
tell me maybe just tell me tell me if you agree with this but there seems to be there seem to be a little bit of inconsistency with um i don't know the proper term but costumes like at one point kelly said this feels like a power rangers movie and then at, at other points it's like it looks really well done and and super uh real and then i hmm. don't I don't know. I'm. I, I don't want. I don't want to upset any Avengers fans because it's. It's not. It's not my type of movie. So of course yeah. I'm going to go into it thinking, you know, w- with with my with my point of view. But uh, some of it just seemed kind of cheesy, and then some of it yeah. seemed cool. You, you know what I keep picturing when you guys say the Avengers, and this dates me, the British guy with the top hat and the cane and the sexy girl. You guys know what I'm talking yep. about? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's the original Avengers from. From England, I guess. He's like, mm-hmm. like a detective or something like that. Yeah, they were like spy type people yeah. or something. I don't remember. Yeah. They actually did a movie for that story with uh, Ralph Fiennes. Is that who? Ray Fiennes? What was his name? Oh, yeah. And like Uma Thurman or something. It was like not, but it was pretty horrible. So, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I made sure I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, oh, I see, me, I I'm going to write it in my so. phone. I try to be really careful. Make sure I don't go watch that. I wrote that in my phone. Oh, Jimmy, I wanted you to know, too, there's another Star Wars movie coming out at the end of May, so go ahead and get excited. Oh, yeah. I saw, you know, because I follow uh, it's, Opie it's the from... Ham sandwich. Ham Sandwich movie's coming out. <laughs> I, I follow Opie from uh, Mayberry, the, the director, and I saw he tweeted that he just wrapped, right? Yep. 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 Directed What's by Opie's? Opie. What's Opie's real his, name? His real name's not Opie, right? Yeah. yeah. Going. Yeah, it is. It's it's totally Opie. No, no, I, I know his name. I just escaped him. I really his, like his, him. His, his name's Opie, Opie Matlock. <laughs> Opie Matlock is <laughs> awesome. No, Ron Howard is, is, of course, an amazing movie director and a, and a very inspirational character. I've always really liked him. I'm sure everybody likes him. There's nothing to dislike about him. Yeah, he is really talented. And I was actually it. really surprised that he stepped in to do um, a Star Wars movie. I don't know why, but... I think he's like really well respected and you think of there's like a, maybe a different class of a director like that does really special movies that are unique and you know that they are they're like wrapped into the story writing and all that stuff and he just kind of swooped in and saved a movie that was probably going to get canned. Um, mm. But did you ever watch Jimmy this you may have seen this Did you ever see American Graffiti. Sure. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So um, American so Graffiti had. Yes. Lucas's yeah. first film. Well, yeah, and, second film. I and think, it wasn't... inspired that movie and the world around it inspired Happy Days. Absolutely. Right. Which Ron Howard was on. Yep. And uh, Harrison Ford was in uh, American Graffiti. Yep. And it was about like car racing and all this stuff. And so in this new Han Solo movie, there's a section, at least in the trailer, where Han Solo is like racing through the streets in this little speeder looking thing. And somebody did a still frame of the speeder, and it has the same uh, taillight configuration and fins on the back as the car that Harrison Ford was driving, or one of the cars. I don't know if it was the one uh, he was driving in American Graffiti. So it turns out that there's a lot of like kind of stylistic connections between the two, fine. and all kind of wrapped together. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but anyway, on onto a path that you guys don't care about. <laughs> talk about talk about my movies other places. Uh, no, no, I am a Star Wars fan. I um, I'm wondering if 
maybe this relates to something that we might talk about later today. But since there's a new Star Wars release every year or maybe every 10 months, is that oversaturating it? And is that going to kill the franchise? I think it's possible. I mean, I think like with anything, if there's too much of it or, you know, it, it go it reaches for too much, people will get sick of it or or just become less interested. Maybe not sick of it, but like, OK, yeah, there's another one coming out this year. Like, OK. I'll see it when I see it, rather than like when the first new one came out in 20 years or whatever. People are like, whoa, this thing is back that I remember from way back, you know, then. And it's it's a different ordeal. It may happen. I think, But something like that is always going to find a new audience. Yeah, true. It's funny, like when I do these things, not that I'm anything to compare to as far as something like that. But when I meet people at these shows all the time, like the first movie I saw are yours. And they'll mention a movie I posted like five months ago. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much more to see, you know? Mm. So, like, as far as developing new audiences and a huge franchise like that is going to constantly, every time people are born, you know, there's going to be a new audience for Star Wars, yeah. for Star yeah. Wars franchise. And Disney. Okay, I mean, Disney's the example of that. Uh, you know, Disney hasn't faded in yeah. 70 years. Let's talk about that because that actually does address, like, a thing that I, I've thought and I think we've maybe talked about this in the past about uh, about growth as a creator and as a, a craftsperson, a person who does anything um, <clears throat> and you're showing it off to people. If you, well, I don't want to make a declaration here, but the way I think about this is that I've wrestled a little bit lately with how quickly do I let myself change or do I try to like hedge that change and growth for the sake of not separating myself from my audience. Because, you know, Joe that watches my videos gets to work in his shop once a weekend, once a month or something. You know, so his his time that he gets to put towards this thing to making stuff and getting better and learning new things is pretty limited relative to what I do because I do it all the time. And so it makes sense that I would constantly be trying new things and getting better at things and getting new tools. And that just pushes me away from the beginner, not not saying that I'm getting better or that I'm anything better than a beginner, but it pushes me in skill set and experience away from a beginner at a rate that's kind of crazy. Well, so that's, like, that's what I experience all the time. Everyone's like, I like old, I like your old movies. And my yeah. response is often, let's let's compare your life to now, seven years ago. I mean, it's just this yeah. seven, six or seven years ago. What did you do six or seven years ago? And how come you're not doing it exactly the same as you were doing it then? There's five people around you telling you, I miss when you used to do it that way, you know? Yeah. If you don't, if you don't force yourself to change, then you're just going to be that person that you were seven years ago and you're going to lose interest because you're not, you're not gaining new skills. You're not learning new things and you're eventually you're going to learn, you're going to lose your audience because they want to, they don't want to see the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Although when there's an abrupt change, of course you I've, I've, I've experienced this a few times. There's going to be pushback against that. But you have to, you have to change. You have to grow. Otherwise, you're just going to you're going to get sick of what you're doing and you're going to be bored and your audience is going to see that. Well, it's yeah. Necessary. Yeah, I agree. It's necessary. And I think there are some maybe other examples of people in our community, in the creator community that have found a place that works for them. And uh, 
I don't want this to sound derogatory because I don't mean it that way, but like they found a level of difficulty project wise or a, a range that they can work in. And it's a good way to reach a certain group of people. And those people come in at a low skill set or at a specific skill set and they they are a part of this, you know, little creator community, but then then they move past it. They like grow through the creator, you know? And that's a good thing because for that person, they're reaching a very specific set of people. The weird thing that's weird about that is they, I'm imagining, they probably have a pretty high turnover of audience because <clears throat> people who are new to this thing will get into it and then they grow past the creator. And so there's, it's kind of there's some more or different. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're ready to go on. Right. And so that's pretty opposite to, I guess, what I was bringing up in that, like, I'm growing. I'm going to get better and I'm going to change stuff. And that's just the way it is. I have thought a lot about lately. How do I keep? How do I do that? How do I grow and change, but not outgrow the audience that's that wants to come along for the ride? You know, like, how do you like there's got to be some sort of a bounce back there where you can like, I'm going to go do some crazy thing and then I'm going to come back and do a normal, simple ish project to relate something that's relatable, something that anybody can do. That's kind of like the salad tongs. That's kind of where that came from was like, this is a a thing that we need one. And so that's the most important thing for me, but it's also something that like pretty much anybody could figure out a way to do this same type of thing. And I can throw that in between two other videos that are bigger and not crazy, but you know, more complicated let's say you're working on a super complicated project and within that project there's 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 little chunks there's little little nuggets in there and you could say when you get to that part like do you remember when we did this back in 2016 i have a great video on that check that out and then you can just kind of move on to the next step and then you know your new audience can be exposed to this older video and they can see where you learn how to do that particular task Mm, that's a good point so taking advantage of your your library, yeah. call them back. Because hmm. I have been thinking a lot about that lately. You know, it's I want to do th- some stuff that's more complicated and takes longer and things like that. But I don't want to get <clears throat> to the point to where I'm outrunning the people that are watching. Because not everybody, obviously, not everybody watches to learn how to do some. Sometimes they just enjoy watching people make stuff. I get that. That's fine. Um, I mean, look at look at Colin Furs. So much fun to watch, but like you really don't learn a ton from watching his videos because he doesn't have the time to go into like all of the crazy stuff that he's building. Um, but in my case, I want people to, if they want to learn, I want it to be there for them. So <clears throat> the bigger the projects get for me or the more complicated the build is or something, the harder it is for me to compact that into a digestible video that uh, anybody with no prior experience can come in and like, Oh yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. You know? So it's kind of a weird thing I found myself in lately, just trying to figure out if there's a, not necessarily a place to land. That's like the right amount of complicatedness and simpleness. (laughs) It's not, it's not about finding that spot. It's about like, how do I have within a given month? How do I have like a more complicated video, a less complicated, uh, you know, how do I, balance that all between uh, over a a month or two months or something. So I don't have an answer there. That's more of a question. (laughs) Yeah. And we also, the type of videos that we make for the most part are timeless. They're evergreen. Like they should, you know, we're not doing daily vlogs. And so 
we should be able to go back to our old videos and, and reference them and and uh, use them to draw in people at you know the, at that particular skill level. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something I don't take advantage of enough. Is my I, I try to treat every one of my videos as if it's the entry point for someone new. Mm. Yeah. So like I've been doing a whole bunch of edge banding lately, just kind of the way it's worked out. Of the the projects have needed plywood and have needed to cover up that plywood, and so I feel like I've rehashed the here's what edge banding is you know like 10 times in the last two or three months and i and i'm every time i go into less and less detail about it because it's like yeah if you've been around you've seen this but i try to keep in mind that this could be their first entry into my videos or this entire community i i don't know and if that's the case then like I, i want them to not be like oh what what was that thing like you kind of glossed over that I don't want to gloss over it for the sake of the, you know, missing out uh, on on drawing somebody in because that's important. A couple of videos ago, did you say that you made an edge banding trimming tool? And if so, have we seen it? Um, I no, well, I 3D printed one. There was a somebody sent me a link to a Thingiverse one that uh, printed out, and you just put a blade in it and screw this little panel on, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a trimmer. I've used it once. It worked okay, but not yeah. great. Um, I ended up buying another one, like the Rockler, or not Rockler, Fast Cap one, just to try that out. And it's like oh, it drops down yeah. over two sides and kind of clamps on. Yeah, so it works pretty good. Yeah, the changing thing is funny because, you know, we're all living our lives in public and getting better at things and experimenting with things, and people don't always like it. I still get the go back to making stuff comments under my blogs <laughs> and you know i also get the oh, you've changed and you know i like when you used to make videos <laughs> i get that somebody wrote i like when you used to make videos <laughs> i'm like wait a minute you're commenting under a video <laughs> i i actually the change and and future changes that i might make fuel what I do. I get excited about if I try to do something different, I actually cannot wait to see what the reaction is going to be. And many times it's good. And then there's, there's, there's also the bad. And, uh, I don't know. I feed off of that. I love, I love the reaction. I do a lot of this just to see what the reaction is going to be, whether it's like I'm looking for praise or I'm, I'm looking for, uh, um, uh, just to, irritate somebody because like you know I, I threw i threw my walnut a few weeks ago i um i cut a board and i threw it on the on the bench and it was walnut and then there were a couple of people who said you know don't disrespect the walnut and i was like <laughs> wait what i was like around here walnut grows on trees and so and then in last week's video <laughs> In last week's video, I actually threw the walnut huh. on purpose just to try to get that reaction because I I like that. So um, I I do things just to just to get a reaction because I like I like the I like the back and forth with the audience as long as everybody plays nice and and you know as, as far as change I'm going to continually change the way I do my videos uh, just just to keep me excited about it. Yeah, I so kind of connected to that you know jimmy you said something about us living our lives in public and that is a good way to put it because uh that doesn't necessarily mean that we're famous i'm not saying that 
in public is a different way to do it. It's like we're living our lives in front of our houses instead of inside of our houses. And anybody that walks by can see it. Um, do you ever regret that? Me? In, both of you. Do you ever regret being so in front of people? I don't. No. The reward is no. too is too great knowing that we're helping yeah. people discover things that they otherwise probably wouldn't have been prompted to do. And, you know, me as a teacher for a college class for so many years, the, the most rewarding thing is, is talking to a student after 10 years and them still remembering you and remembering the influence you had on them in a positive way. And that's something that if you didn't experience it, you wouldn't know. But that's, that's something that, that I'm very happy to have lived the life that I've led till now because of that helping people and helping people discover their way and sharing information. I mean, one thing, when you meet somebody and they're like, I, I, I really don't want to tell you how I did it because I'm just like, eh, whatever. You know, it, it makes me not be interested in anything else they have to say. And the idea of sharing and, you know, like when somebody hoards information, it's like, how are you sharing that information? Are you going to change your life? It's not going to change your life in any way. But they have this perception that they have to hoard information. And... So I, I like giving it all away. I mean, there was a point there where I was patenting things and then I just gave up. I'm like, who cares? Let somebody else. I don't really care. It's so difficult to make it that if anybody was going to steal it from you, they too would have that same surmountable, insurmountable difficulty. So, and, and not every idea, everything you share is ever going to be made or expressed exactly the same by any two people. So it's almost interesting to see how somebody would copy you curious to see how somebody would knock me off and make videos like mine or you know, do a project that I blatantly give away. It's open source, but I'd love to see how somebody, you know, would not somebody doing anything deceitful, but would copy me and make the thing I make. I mean, I look forward to that. It, it really yeah. turns me on to watch somebody do one of my projects. I mean, I, and, and the interesting thing about my projects is I don't give anybody any directive to do it any certain way. I just say, this is what I did. And then when people emulate that, I'm impressed and, and, and humbled. You know, I don't sell plans or any of that stuff. I wish I could. I just haven't gotten there. Um, so to see somebody interpret my projects, I, I love that. So I, I, I don't regret any minute of where I am now and yeah. what, what I've done till now. This one, someone knocks on the yeah, door. That's I, weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I had that a few weeks ago, and it was awkward and um, not cool. Yeah. Uh, don't 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 show up randomly at, at my door. My mom doesn't even show up randomly at the door. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's funny. Somebody, cool. I was at I was in Carolina Boots. The, the, I don't know if I talked about this when I was on my Carolina Boots tour. My my phone rang with like the audible ring doorbell sound, and I'm like, well, nobody ever rings my doorbell, and I picked up the phone and I hit answer and there's a guy standing at my door and I'm in Pennsylvania. I said, Hey, what's up? He's like, Hey, uh, I thought he was delivering a package. He needed a signature. He goes, Jimmy, um, I'm visiting from Europe. I hope you don't mind. I just wanted to say hello. I was like, well, uh, I'm not there at the moment. Um, you know, he seemed like a humble guy and he was visiting from Europe. He was driving. I don't know if he drove directly here from Europe. I don't know how he got here. Anyway, cause I'm in a very remote <laughs> spot. So to be passing by, it's a little weird. And he yeah. was a sweet guy. I was talking to him through the ring doorbell for a couple of minutes, for about a minute. And then Taylor opened the door and she started. To, and then the three of us are having a conversation and I'm on the, the ring doorbell. And the three of us are talking. And oh, man. then he said, he goes, well, I'm sorry to bother you. And then he left. But, hmm. you know, it's a little it's a little concerning. Yeah. It's not everybody's as sweet and nice as that young man from Europe was. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, that is like that's a concern as well. You know, people having access. But I think I meant more. A couple of times recently, I've in the moment have just been like, man, I wish I could just make this thing, and like not not film it, not worry about explaining it to anybody. Like this, I just want to make this thing. But then there's you know the rest of me that's like, well, this is my job. This is you know I kind of signed up to use the stuff I make as an explanation or as content, as a way to draw people in and a way to build community and all these different whatevers, you know, but like there's so many people who get to go in the garage and they get to make a thing and they show it to their spouse or their kids or their friends or whatever. And that's it. And that's, that's probably, I would imagine from their end, they're like, man, I wish I could show this to more people. I wish everybody could see this thing that I made. And uh, that's totally true. Um, but I just found myself recently a couple times going like, oh, I kind of wish I could just do this thing in, in my house and like just let it be that, you know. But and I can, I guess I just got to decide that that that's more important than I did that recently. Content. Yeah, I, I made a I made a stand for my my Glowforge uh, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it my own time in the evenings. Kelly went to bed. I'm going to make the stand and I didn't film it. And of course that the guilt sets in because I'm like, Oh yeah, there's some valuable information here, mm-hmm. but I'll just, I'll just use that in an, another future video. So uh, it's amazing how quick you can make something when you're not trying to film it and explain <laughs> I know, it. Right. <laughs> Cause I did it in, in an evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the guilt does set in and um, I like, I really, really like sharing what I do and, and, and ex- explaining what's going on. So, um, I don't, I don't have that conflict internally very much. I don't have it very much. I just noticed the other day. I don't even remember what the thing was. I don't know, but yeah, I just found myself in a moment being like, I just kind of want to get it done. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> you know? here's the, here's the thing that I do struggle with. I like, I have, um, a huge list of things that I want to do like right now. And the thing that's slowing me down is I do have to make the, I do have to shoot the video, which takes longer and I have to edit the video, which takes so much. And then the promoting of the video, I'm like, I could build all four of these things in one week if I could, but I can only do one a week. And I'm so excited about these three other projects. That I just can't wait to to do them. So I, uh, I just need to learn patience a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah. But it's that's good to be excited. That's probably true for everybody. But yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, it would be bad if you weren't excited about doing those things and you still had to go through right. all the editing and the filming and the, you know, <laughs> that would make it even yeah. worse. Yeah, it's funny. I, I went to the flea market yesterday morning and I bought an old vice, a, a leg vice, like a blacksmith vice, and it was missing some parts. And I got back to my shop and I realized it was seized. It hadn't been used in years, probably laying in a puddle somewhere. And so I began to unseize it and use certain materials and certain techniques and and I'm doing it, and I was like, I was just going to make this and fix it. And then I was like, oh, I should be filming this. So I started filming it, and I had already dismantled the, the vice, which wasn't much to take apart. So when the videos, when you guys watch this video, you'll see that was an afterthought to actually film the process. Because the video mm-hmm. opens up. I'm like, how can I open the video now that I've already been working on it? And so I just put the camera at the floor, and I just threw all the parts onto the pavement like I've done in the past. But I, So I throw down the vice and the, and the various little pieces for it. And then that's the beginning of the restoration video. But it, it's implied hmm. that I already started because it's in pieces. But it would have been nice to get the point where I spoke to the guy I bought it from and, and threw it in the truck. And But that's all implied. So people are going to realize yeah. I'm going to really take it in a completely different direction. So 
blacksmiths are going to have a hard time yelling at the computer, not being able to email me. <laughs> Jimmy, you brought up uh, something before we hit record, possibly talking about uh, referring to the maker movement, mm -hmm. which is you thought maybe it might be too soon to talk about it, but it could be a fun little topic. Yeah, well, I, I had a couple conversations with some people in New Orleans and that the maker movement may have plateaued and that's this is it. This is as good as it's going to get. I mean, obviously, each one of our own individual lives and our own individual creativity is going to continue to grow. But on a maker, on the so-called maker movement, where it kind of had this huge, this seemingly, seemingly huge thing and everyone's channel grew really fast. And I wonder if it's plateaued. And that's because having, I wasn't, but somebody I was talking to was having a hard time rallying the troops around the, an event he was holding. And so... Mm -hmm. We had this conversation uh, in the last week about, hmm, I thought I thought it was I thought I was going to be able to make a bigger splash with this thing. I don't want to say what the event was, but um, so we had this conversation: is the maker movement kind of plateaued, or or is it going to start? Is it you know has the roller coaster stopped clicking, so to speak? If you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a metaphor hmm. a friend of mine uses. I said it on Instagram the other night. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It seems like, I mean, I know my analytics have slowed down considerably, but Bob, yours is going, your, your analytics are going nuts. And I don't know. As somebody said, somebody was also talking on YouTube the other day, has this, this style of video died out? Oh, it was uh, John Hines. John Hines. He, he did a video a couple weeks ago. He's been ranting on one of his channels called Scrap Bin. And he did a thing, is, is the maker video dead? And he's basically talking about how all his analytics are down a little bit. I mean, he goes into more specific stuff that he's upset about. But talking about how it seems like people have lost the attention span to watch a, a maker video hmm. in general. And I think there are, you know, the roller co coaster has stopped clicking. Yeah. But there are many hills to the roller coaster. Yeah. So I think we mm. just we just hit the first one. Right. That's a good and way to put it. Yeah. So, hey, Josh, I just see Josh walk behind you. <laughs> um, so it's this new thing and everybody got excited about this new thing. So everybody jumps on board. And of course, you're going to hit this this point where like, OK, if everybody is making everything, you know, people are going to get tired of it. And so then it's going to you're going to go down the down the hill and then there's going to be this other movement. Something something else is going to happen, whether it's a tinfoil balls. Um, yeah. Those are crazy right now, right? <laughs> I don't understand what that's all Wait, about. Fidget spinners, the next big things, guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm bringing it back with the uh, antique spinning wheel. Let's see. <laughs> Please do. My wheel and stick. So, yeah, I think, I think there's another There's another movement coming. Well, and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think that question would be impossible to answer for a few reasons. But one being, like, what are you talking about? Like you're talking about video and that's where we live, but the maker movement is not video. I mean, the maker movement is about people worldwide realizing that they can, yeah, they can make stuff with their hands. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that produces anything except for what they're making. And even within that portion of it, uh, geographically, it's vastly different. Like, having a local event at a, in a small town or even a medium-sized city is very different from having like a New York type get-together or, you know, having a, a get-together at all is very different from 
kind of boots on the ground everyday makerspace, the people that are in there until, you know, 2 a.m. every night making their little project. That, you know what? That's the other thing is every time I talk to somebody, they're like, yeah, we had a great makerspace, but we didn't have enough people to support it. And then, you know, tech yeah. shop is gone. And then this yeah. other makerspace I know in Brooklyn is, is having a hard time. And it's, you know, it's I, I got into some business relationships with some people specifically to get involved with doing makerspaces. And then these financial guys I know, they ran all the numbers and they go, it's not a stable business. We're not going to do it. And so yeah. they never did it. And that's, you know, that's tech shop going out of business was a big blow to this, this game. But I mean, maybe that just makes space for somebody else. Yeah, it could. But I think my point is that like, you know, the makerspace end of it is one thing. The home yeah. makers yeah. are one thing. The content yeah. is one thing, you know, fairs are another thing. And so I think it'd be practically impossible to say whether the whole thing is up or down, but, and, and I really think like the, the geography of it has a lot to do with it too. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that still the people, the kids, the whoever that want to make something just don't have access. And so in those places, you know, the movement never got started. It never even like they never had the chance and hopefully they will. Maybe they won't. I don't, I don't know. But um, then there's, you know, there's certain places where it's still growing. I mean, I do think that, you know, in the content space, there's been a bunch of YouTube changes lately and that made a bunch of people mad and that affected smaller channels. And a lot of people may have given up because they thought now you know, being successful at content creation is now further down the road and it's more than they want to put in or I, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for those people, but things change with the uh, with the platform and that affects how people like want to continue on with it. And so like if it's harder for you to do the thing that you wanted to do, maybe you're less likely to do it, which means a lot of these people may fall away. They may give up on their channels and that makes it look like the industry or the community as a whole is diminishing. <clears throat> in reality, it's maybe becoming more focused on people who are willing to put in the work long term. I, I don't know. I mean, this mm -hmm. is just a guess, but that's what I said. I mean, as, as a whole, it's hard to get like a, an event up and going. Yeah. But individually, everybody's going to keep having wins on their own. You know, each one of us and everybody that's listening that's interested in learning how to make stuff, we're each going to have wins. And uh, but I think it'll probably pan out to the core audience and the hard, the diehards and the people that are willing to go to the, uh, you know, for instance, the Atlanta woodworking show, you know, the, the diehards, everybody's, who knows, who knows? I'm just going to yeah. keep moving forward and seeing, and eventually we'll all have classic videos. <laughs> classic <laughs> Pachudo. That's right. Hmm. Classic Pachudo would be, you got to make that, do a digital green screen and make that wooden wall again back and do beer <laughs> tasting. And, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a good photo of it just just for that purpose. Yeah, so maybe nice. someday. Nice. Cool. Well, we got any other thoughts on the topic or not topic? I don't know. What do people think? <laughs> do people think the maker movement is plateaued? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear from people. I mean, because that is kind of a, a thing that affects both creators and consumers and just people who make stuff at home. Let yeah. us know what you think on Twitter. Let us know what we think. Speaking of letting people know or letting us know what uh, they think, we talked a little bit off uh, off air and hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn, but maybe uh, we talked about like brainstorming a project on the show. Yeah. 
and then all three of us executing that idea sometime in the future, almost like a collab, but we're not working in each other's shops. It's just right. like we all release this video of something that we brainstormed on the show. We'll all be on the phone so at the same time and we'll know- go publish. Ready? Ready? You hit first. <laughs> yes. Yes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we don't know what that project is yet. And so if you have right. ideas that, that works for all oh three my. of us, let us know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It opens up the floodgates for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send all those suggestions to David at. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, keep it on Twitter. Keep yeah, it on Twitter. Keep would it on be Twitter if you best, can. Best yeah. way. Because we'll all see it on Twitter. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, um, you guys been watching anything, listening to anything, reading anything cool? My goodness. Have you seen the new Michael Alm video, The Murphy Bar? No. How did I miss mm. that one? Uh, it was just last night. Oh, it is so cool. I know you picked him a couple weeks ago, but I have to pick him again because this Murphy bar that he made is just gorgeous, and it's it's a really good video. Um, if you're not familiar with Michael Alm, he's he's an artist and a woodworker, and I I absolutely love that combination. Ooh, I see it. That's pretty. Yeah. Um. Actually, after I mentioned him, he. Got he emailed me and we got to talking. He's going to be at Maker Fair in Bay Area. Sweet, so, yeah, good to see him again. Woodshop One Hundred and One podcast. I'm a guest on two episodes of Woodshop One Hundred and One podcast. Uh, two episodes. Uh, yeah, we did. We shut. We we filmed two episodes at one time. Last week I was on. Well, no, I didn't do them last week. But last week, three podcasts that I was on all came out at this in the same week. And I'll put those in the show notes if you want to see them. I'm not trying to promote those. But one of those was Cool Tools. And Jimmy, you've been on Cool Tools before, right? Uh, with what, Kevin Kelly? Uh, DIY Network? No, no, no. Um, the podcast, Cool Tools. Oh, with yeah, Kevin yeah, Kelly yeah, yeah. And Mark uh, Brownfield. I think so. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I saw yep. your name on the list. You have. You've been on them before. Yep. It's a few <laughs> years now. Yep, I was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, I got to be on that. And um, part of it's it's a show where, like, the guest brings four, three or four tools that they think are really cool. And it's like any kind of tool, software or hardware or whatever. And they talk about them and they just share cool tools. But uh, Kevin Kelly, one of the hosts, wrote a book or collected a book of cool tools. I've heard of this book for a long time, but he sent me a copy of it. And it's probably 18 inches tall by 12 inches wide. It's this gigantic catalog thing. And it has everything it's just like categorized by topic in the front page and it's i'm just going to look through the list here modular struts knitting solar diy hoses bird behavior salvage dog care (laughs) it's just like domes and yurts it's it's like everything and it's just this crazy list with a little write-up and a picture and like a usually has a price next to it um where you'd get it and it's just all sorts of stuff. And I'm not sure that I would ever sit down and go through it start to finish. But it's like one of those things when I need to know about country wisdom, I'll look in this one page and it has <laughs> a bunch of books. Or when I need country to know about wisdom. beekeeping. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, it's just crazy. It's a, it's a cool book and it's $40 looking on the cover. So, you know, maybe it's not an efficient, like a worthwhile thing to just have laying around. But it is really cool. So, books are expensive, especially when you have that many pages of full color 
on that's there. That's true. That's yeah. why a book costs 40 bucks. It's yeah. expensive. They also have a oh. website that I think has all the same information on it. And then the podcast, you know, covers a lot of stuff too. So cool. Yeah, Google. Yeah. Google's is the website Google? Yeah, it's called <laughs> google.com slash, yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the I, the, the, I didn't want, because it's such a subtle name, Knife Talk. I'm on an episode of Knife Talk with Craig, and go to knifetalk.net to get that podcast. It's fast, it's down and dirty, and I was honored to be on it because I don't consider myself a knife maker yet. I'm still a student of knife making and a student of blacksmithing. So it was nice. He wanted me on just because he likes my approach and my playfulness. So thank you, Craig. Knife Talk. That was a couple hmm. weeks ago. Those two podcasts. With that philosophy, I'm just a student of woodworking then. Well, I think I am too. I still am. I, I, I learn every day. You know what's bizarre? I learn what I don't know how to do. Good. I just looked up that Cool Tools book on Amazon and I bought it in 2014. <laughs> I already had this book and I didn't know I had it. <laughs> anyway, I have two copies of them now um, and they're $31. I have that book too. They sent me that book a while ago. <laughs> to enter the giveaway. Yeah. Seriously. Anyway, cool. Well, um, go check out that stuff. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we go, especially Wise Old Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make. I almost did it again. I almost said Corey and Ward. I did that a couple weeks ago. Malton Make, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Doris Scherer, Chad from Mancrafting and Make, Build, Modify. Um, them and the bunch of other people support us on patreon and that's super awesome uh helps us find time to do this show and keep it going and pay our editor we have an editor now who's editing the, the episodes and that's awesome and that's only possible hey brandon because of, hey brandon that's only possible because of uh patreon support so if you want to help us out go to patreon.com slash making it and any level of support over there even a dollar an episode gets you the after show which we're about to start in just a minute I don't know if we have any secret stuff to talk about this week, but we'll find out in the after show. We all take our clothes off <laughs> in the after show. So. Well, I don't know about all of Is this, Is that what's Jimmy. happening? <laughs> Again? <laughs> cool. Well, I guess that's it for this week, unless you guys got anything else. <laughs> Jimmy's just itching to take his pants off, so <laughs> on to the after show. Uh, my new microphone work. Did it work well? My new it's really, really loud right now. Yeah. This is a, uh, a Yeti. Can that- a Yeti. What? I have one more thing. Go. One more thing. Uh, so I would like to thank Brandon for uh, becoming our new editor. Thank and you, he has a podcast called The Make or Break Show. And you oh, might yeah. want to check that out. I was on it. I've been on there. We're Me both too, been yeah. on it. All three of us, right? Yep. Yep. So, so check that out. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Brandon. Do it. See you guys next week. Love you.